In the depths of the pandemic, we've been sent to wander alone in the woods, to sort out what is valuable and what is not. In this exploration, we've been observing what is truly important, what can be left behind, what lies underneath the fallen debris, and where in the darkest corners, though it may seem nothing is alive, silently there grows moss. In response to the pandemic, seeds of social evolution have been planted. Though it may feel like we're stagnant and powerless, we actually exist powerfully as observers of the collapse of late-stage capitalism and national security. Our systems have been exposed, and for elected officials, there is increasingly less to hide behind. Rich, dense, green. Moss grows out of the sunlight, but that's not to say it isn't living. In fact, it's comprised of many, many very tiny leaves. It grows on stones and boulders or on the sides of trees, never parasitic, merely existing, cohabitating with the other organisms in the wild. Following the trail of moss, we overturn the stone it rests on. We peer underneath this stone and find not just dirt, but an entire teeming universe. Things live there underneath the stones, and they always have, out of sight, hidden, but never truly missing. In fact, these organisms are as representative of existence as birds flying overhead or the flow of a river, things undeniable. The insects, damp, rich soil, moss, all of them contribute to our ecosystem. They keep life livable. So what is our moss as a society? It seems things our culture has hidden are finally being excavated and exposed. We're pulling the moss into the light. What I mean is, we see political involvement, the people, the errors of our system, means of survival that had been thought taboo, are now taking the wheel and keeping people alive. This week I'm talking with someone who has used this time in quarantine to participate in a subculture that has experienced millennia of censure and criticism yet now is experiencing more popularity in the mainstream than ever before, sex work. My name is Blake, and I created an OnlyFans during the pandemic. OnlyFans is a social media platform focused on adult entertainment, where creators create adult content for subscribers who pay a monthly subscription fee. Two years ago, um, essentially, like, my friends and I found out that there was, like, a big anonymous website that was like people were sharing all of our nudes and asking for our nudes and I kind of like I took the initial shock and I was like there's absolutely nothing I can do about this because like a lot of these are like people that you know they're using uh VPNs I'm not gonna be able to track them I can't go to the police about this so I essentially posed as like one of the people asking for nudes in got in cahoots with all of them and then sort of weaseled my way into like selling my own nudes or giving my own nudes to them in exchange for like their personal information sort of 
and I like kind of chipped away at like who these people could be by like giving them my nudes uh, as like some man selling my nudes essentially. And so I gave out so many nudes during that time. And I like, I found a lot of people that like I used to go to high school with. One of them was uh, my partner's, one of his family members. Uh, and one of them was like one of our closest friends that like, was in our group of friends and he was like offering basically the service of uh, fixing our laptops. And he was like taking all of our passwords and like getting into Someone our Someone you know? Yeah, he was our friend. And he had worked on your computers and taken your nudes. Yeah. So. Oh my God. It was like this big thing. And I like tweeted and I was like, if you want my nudes, you just have to ask and you have to pay for them. And ever since then, there's just been like people saying like, okay, I'll pay for your nudes. And it's like, okay, you know what? That is fine. I I do think that that's okay because I have so many pictures of myself out there that I gave out during that time that it's like, sure, why not make money off of shit that like people already have for free? How do you think that our collective relationship to sex has changed in the age of social media? I think it's an an interesting thing because I think that there's a lot of people that have always been very cool with sex and haven't thought that it's a huge deal. But in the age of social media, whenever you put things out there, you sort of like lose your ability to like have control over who knows things, uh, especially with the OnlyFans stuff because it is so big and probably in my sort of circle right now, just seeing all of the people talking about people like screenshotting their OnlyFans and how they don't have any control over stuff like that. But whereas, I mean, whenever I was in high school, I was sexually active in high school, but you, you sort of have a say and even with sending nudes, you know who you sent your stuff to and there's there's a lot of control you sort of lose now but at the same time it's it's easier to get shit out there if you want to do you feel like social media's relationship with this kind of industry has started to normalize sexuality as a whole or do you find do you think that there's kind of like a net positive or a net negative here i think it's positive and it's so hard for me to say because i've sort of I feel like I've grown up like truly right along with how the social media has gone up and like with the use of social media. So I can't, it's hard to say if like there would be any difference in like sort of sexual awakenings just because I was getting older. But I I definitely, I mean, I think in general, everything, everybody's a lot more open to sexuality I mean, just in general now. It feels like so the millennial generation grew up having just like porn at their fingertips, basically. Whereas previous to that, it was like you had to go buy a magazine or like pay for a TV subscription or something or sneak into someone's house with your friends who like had it or whatever, you know, it wasn't the same kind of, it wasn't as accessible. So I feel like our generation had that even before social media, we had the internet, which was just full of porn. And uh, and then eventually social media kind of began to contribute in a new way where it became not only something that we could easily access, but something we could easily contribute to, we could create and add to. It's just such an interesting experience 
by each generation. I think each generation has their own sexual experience through the internet. <laughs> yeah, there was, I mean, there was a girl in high school that I was friends with and we found out that her older sister did porn and it was, it just seemed like such a huge deal. It was like, I mean, it was gossip and I'm sure that this girl was like, felt destroyed by like the entire high school talking about it. But it's, I can't even compare it to now because I've got siblings that are in high school and I don't know if I don't think that the perception would be the same if their friends like found my only fans or something like that I don't think that there would be that ridicule there so yeah it definitely does seem a lot more mainstream right and there was a guy that uh I knew in a town I recently lived in I didn't know him very well but he was like he's like a cis male and was very like hetero mask presenting and uh i learned like probably a year or two after knowing who he was that he privately made gay porn and he's not gay like he doesn't identify as gay and at the time like even a year or two ago when i learned that about him it felt like i was turning over some rock that and like you know found something underneath it but i feel like now you know in such a small window of time later it already feels so much less of a thing, uh, I think because OnlyFans has just started to like explode in the last year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I even remember like, I know that I have friends that are sex workers and even like a year or two ago, I like stumbled upon one of my friends in, on Pornhub and I was just like, oh, oh. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it seems like even today and especially because and I'm sure OnlyFans, I don't know how long it's been around for, but it's it seems pretty new as far as as far as what I've seen. I it doesn't seem like a surprise at all. A lot of my friends have OnlyFans. So you talked about having less control over your nudes when you're putting them on the internet as opposed to sending them to specific people you know. Do you feel like OnlyFans gives creators more control than just, say, having a Twitter or Instagram account that you market yourself through? Or is it really just like the only main difference is like the monetary platform? I definitely, I just think that it's the monetary platform. I mean, you can put a subscription price on it, but anyone can make a Reddit and make a thread if you're new. Like anybody can post your shit. There's no, um, there's nothing on OnlyFans that like blocks screenshots. There's not even like an attempt to make it harder for people. It's like in the terms mm -hmm. and conditions that you can't do that, but nobody's being held accountable for any of that. So I think that it's just sort of a, a trade-off that you have to consider. Like, do I, am I taking in enough money to like make it, Worth it makes it sound bad, but I mean, worth it for other people to be sharing them and me not get their money. I think the first time that I realized that this community was growing and becoming more normalized, especially through social media, was when I saw this tweet being shared. It was like a viral tweet that had kind of gone outside the bounds of you know, people that were looking for this kind of content and was just kind of like a, a regular like viral tweet of this girl who had his, she has an account where I think, I haven't researched too hard, but I think her main thing is 
she licks toilets. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. <laughs> so she, she, as far as I knew, she'd just been like licking toilets in like a sexual nature on this like Twitter she had made and a lot of people followed it. And then one of them went viral because it was like kind of particularly gross where she was on an airplane and she's just like really like seductively licking this airplane toilet seat and it's so brutal oh uh, <laughs> that it became less about sex and more about just like look how disgusting this is uh but then it like i went to her account because i was like why is this person licking a toilet um even for the likes you know <laughs> and i went to her account and i was like oh this was supposed to be for a particular group of people that enjoy watching this and from there, I think I just fell down a wormhole of realizing that Twitter was like a hotspot for sex work. And uh, I did not know that. And then all, at the same time, I was also um, one of my guilty pleasures is Chris Crocker, not sexually, just as a person. <laughs> OK. <laughs> and then he started advertising his OnlyFans. And uh, I have never looked at his OnlyFans. But at when he first started talking about it a couple years ago, I remember thinking like, do I still like Chris Crocker? Like, is he still a personality that I'm interested in viewing? Knowing that for him, like, sex work is a huge part of what he does. Um, and that wasn't necessarily what I was looking for in him. But the more I followed him, it seemed like so many other people that I was, like, aware of on the internet were also creating OnlyFans. And then I was like, oh, no, Chris Crocker is just kind of cashing in, like, doing something he likes to do for money while he is making content like regular non-sexual content for his like one million Instagram followers and it's just is like a way for him to stay afloat and I was like oh this is actually really great yeah and I think especially for people that like already have a platform there are people I mean I had people and I have like zero platform but people are looking for your nudes like people will see you and say like how do I see this person naked and I don't I do know some of those people personally and it's upsetting to me that like people are trying to solicit them without people's permission so if you can open that up and say like fine pay me then I think you take back a little bit of control over it because you're at least like saying like, okay, well, if you're going to share it, like still screw you guys because I'm making thousands of dollars and like touch your dick. I don't yeah. care. It's like a personally determined point on the graph as to what we individually would deem it being worth it. Yeah. And I think a big part of that, it's not just like about sharing your body. It's like the time and the work that you have to put into having an OnlyFans. It is like it's a whole other social media account, but you're an influencer there. Like you have curated media. You're not just like throwing up pictures of your asshole. You're like timing things. And I mean, you can throw up pictures of your asshole, but like <laughs> it, it takes like, there are companies that like pay, you know, Taco Bell pays their social media team a salary to do what like people that are curating their social media feeds are doing but they own it and that is their business. Uh, yeah, content creation is definitely a crucial component to any kind of industry these days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything that you're you're putting out there online is it's work. It's not just you know, it's not just selling your nudes. It's like mm, giving people what they want to see. 
The pandemic has seemed to inspire a wave of new people becoming OnlyFans content creators, which includes you. Do you think that this is circumstantial or do you think that the pandemic is more just like the catalyst for this subculture to enter the mainstream? Well, I do think um, a big part of it, like I was saying, is the time. I think for like a lot of people, it's not just like I need an income now. It's more like, well, this is something that I can do from home and I have like the time to do it. And it is probably something that was appealing to those people already like i i would not have the time to commit to it if i was like doing my day-to-day like i always was like once things go back to normal i i do think that it's going to go back down because it's hard to keep up with um i saw there was some like drama on the internet because caroline calloway started an only fans and i saw some people being like leave this to people that need the money i mean Specifically for Caroline Calloway, it's like, do it, bitch. I mean, that is <laughs> her brand is like, I I want to be here. I want to be in front of everybody in every single way. I mean, you can't get mad at Caroline Calloway for wanting money because Caroline Calloway's thing is wanting money. I mean, I think she's just reaping the benefits of what she's built for herself. And I don't I don't know how controversial this is, but I love Caroline Calloway. I think she's I mean, as a person, I don't know, but I think that she is extremely entertaining and I think she's great at whatever the fuck she's doing. Yeah, as an entertainer, it's pretty undeniable. Even people that hate her are being entertained by what she's doing. (laughs) Yeah. And also it's like. If anybody, regardless of like. If you're, I mean, porn stars that are like really fucking good at it, they're making a bunch of money and like get every single platform you can. I mean, if you're going to reap the benefits of sex work anytime, do it now. Uh, Small businesses are allegedly able to apply for forgivable stimulus loans and grants to keep their business afloat during COVID-19. I applied recently, and as I was filling out the application, I noticed that it required applicants to confirm that they, quote, do not present live performances of a prurient sexual nature or derive directly or indirectly more than de minimis gross revenue through the sale of products or services or the presentation of any depictions or displays of a prurient sexual nature. So this would directly exclude people who create on the OnlyFans platform and any similar platforms. I guess kind of brings this intersection of COVID and the pandemic with sex work uh, into the political arena where, uh, though it seems socially destigmatized more than ever before, as of now, it still is, you know, politically and financially restrictive in a lot of ways. Uh, do you think that this kind of thing will change moving forward or do you think that uh, that's unlikely? I mean, I, I wish I could say yes, but no i mean it's it seems like a very obvious tactic of like i mean the entire thing regardless of it being like sex work or people that have to that haven't filed their taxes yet that have to like take extra steps to getting this relief uh the government is basically punishing people that they don't like it seems like a very like obvious way of weeding out businesses that they don't think are good because like even places that are selling sex toys that aren't, you know, they're not actually doing anything 
sex work is legal for the most part and there's nothing that should have made them do that and i think it includes like gambling um as well businesses like that and it's it's very obvious that you know the government doesn't want certain people to get any sort of help uh what kind of net positives do you think that consumers of this content and creators of this content are you know receiving especially in a time like now i mean besides monetarily i do think that like the experience of having an only fans and also how popular it is now has definitely like at least i can only speak for myself but given me a little bit of power back as far as like prior to all of this, people passing around my pictures without me even knowing. And it just, while I don't have any like issue, I guess, with people seeing my body, I I do, I don't like when people are doing it behind my back. So uh, it feels good to have a, a lot more control over how I go about it. And also it's kind of just saying, hey, I'm doing this, so like you passing around my pictures actually doesn't bother me because I'm doing it myself. I'm putting it out there. It's kind of like the celebrities that like leak their nudes before anyone else can because they're being blackmailed with them or whatever. It just kind of gives me a little bit more control over everything. Blake is a Leo with an Aquarius rising and a Cancer moon. She has Saturn in the first house. I've known Blake for four years, and in that time, she's shown incredible strength and perseverance, something that that first house Saturn carries. She's calm, controlled, and caring, which I see in her sixth house sun-moon conjunction. And she's unafraid of what culture may deem taboo, which I see in her Libra Mars in the eighth house. It reveals that she's willing to cross into the darkness to discover all the beautiful things there and bring them back up to the surface to share. In our interview, I mentioned Chris Crocker, an internet personality who you most likely know from his viral video, Leave Britney Alone, where he defends Britney Spears during her personal crisis in 2007. He has since become a social media celebrity garnering over 1 million Instagram followers. He's written and recorded pop music and acted in porn. This breadth of skill reveals itself in his Gemini rising, his forging of his own path in his Aquarius midheaven, his success in creating a massive fan base in his Aries Jupiter in the 11th house, and his very public relationship drama in his Scorpio-Mars-Pluto conjunction in the 5th. In recent years, he's established a successful OnlyFans account, He's mentioned on his Instagram that frequently his subscribers will request videos of himself eating fast food, something he also does in his more PG Instagram feed. We see this in his Cancer Moon in the second house, a sensual foodie placement that makes aspects to his attention-grabbing Aries Jupiter in the 11th and his more sexual Mars Pluto in the 5th. We entered Taurus season on April 19th, and it lasts until May 20th. 
As we submit to this new quarantine world more and more each week, it seems that simplicity is the essence to psychological equilibrium. And there's no sign more in love with the beauty of simplicity than Taurus. Relaxation, treating ourselves, eating, enjoyment, rest, these are all deeply Taurian. I know we're all itching for this period to end, and it will, but patience is the most important thing, as we need people to get healthy before we can trust social interaction. Though we do need to stay sane while we do it. So as we rest, consider the space in which Taurus roams. Imagine stretches of meadow, the setting sun, the feel of a crackling fire warming you, the hovering scent of a meal cooking, soft textures of sweaters and blankets enveloping you, the hum of a warm spring night settling down on your mind, easing it. Tomorrow there will be a new day. You can catch up then. For now, what is important is this, that you feel comfort and the assurance that everything will be just fine. I've been leaning into tried and true comforts, my favorite TV shows and foods, and when those things don't do it for me, when the pressures of this current world can't be tamped down by familiarity, I find new distractions and comforts. In the last couple weeks, I've fallen into something I did not see coming, ska music. I know this is a sonically controversial genre, and it's not necessarily my vibe, but there's a simplicity and a sweetness in it. It feels like a summer day in a past decade, where the day is wide open and all it needs to be filled with is friends, a pool, good food, and a late night with a good movie. There is hope in days like those. A hope that burns perpetually. And I feel it in this song, A Better Home by We Are The Union. Thank you to Blake for sitting down with me. For more music from We Are The Union, visit their website at wearetheunion.net. For more Inkblot Astrology content, you can follow along at inkblotastrology.com or on social media at, at inkblot underscore astro. You can also find my astrology contributions for Hooligan Magazine online at hooliganmagazine.com astrology including an upcoming live astrology Q&A I'll be doing to raise money for Feeding America. So keep a lookout for that. If you've joined the Inkblot Patreon, I thank you from the depths of my heart for supporting the show in this time. I hope everyone is doing okay out there. As our psyches ebb and flow and wrap around so many new ideas surfacing every day online, I hope we can keep it together and carry each other into a new world with a new direction when this ends. One with acceptance of people and what they do. I hope as we turn over all these new stones of awareness in this time, as we touch the soft padding of these shadowed patches of moss, that we find love there. And if you find yourself lost in these shadows, I hope you don't forget that you can always 
explore the dark.